Coming up, our Halloween special from Green Tech Theme Park and 30, in which we reflect on all the Halloween experiences from this year. But come back tomorrow for our big Halloween special from the network. From the Haunt Traction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 60 of our 61-day Hauntathon counting down to Halloween. There's only one day until Halloween. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along, sign up to our newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. Okay, now here's the Halloween special from Green Tag Theme Park and 30. From our studios in various locations around the state of Florida, I'm Philip, and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Swenson, for Green Tag to Theme Park and 30. Hello, everybody, and here we are back for another week, and we are, today we are celebrating Halloween, because, you know, that's, tis the, tis the season, and, and of course, Philip's favorite time of the year, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty biased, I kind of like it too, so, uh, so we're, we're celebrating Halloween and, and talking about Halloween events that we've either experienced, actually mostly that Philip has experienced, um, but either experienced, been a part of installing, are aware of, um, and we want to talk, as we always do on this show, we want to talk about trends and and how to um, how to actually learn from what's out there. Because one of the things, what kind of prompted us to do this particular show is we have discovered both from a practical standpoint and from an observational standpoint that people who do seasonal events, specifically Halloween ones, don't go out and get the chance to see other people's work. Um, it is, it, and, and I am guilty. I'm 100% guilty of that. I've seen a couple this year, but not many. And um, ones that I haven't worked on. And um, so it, we think that this will be hopefully beneficial to those of you who, who listen, who do Halloween events, whether it's for an FEC, a zoo, a museum, a theme park, <clears throat> home haunt, whatever. Um, because this will kind of give you some of the trends that we're seeing and some of the observations that we've made, not only on what's out there now, but where they've come from and where it looks like they're going. So we've kind of divided this into four buckets, although as we will talk about later, some of those lines get kind of gray, <laughs> but the kind of what we've done is divide them into buckets that kind of slide up and down the age scale. So we have family friendly, we have tween, and then we have a little bit older, which is what we're calling like blood and guts camp, which is older than tween, but uh, not quite fully adult. And then we have the like fully adult section, which is the sophisticated fear that we've mentioned previously. Great. So let's, why don't we start at the, at the, the low end, the low demographic. Um, and I, and I just, before we even get into this, one of the things I want people to recognize is the family friendly market is exploding. Yeah. It's right huge. It's, it's gigantic. And those people who are doing it, are seeing incredible numbers this year, at least the ones that that I've been affiliated with and actually what I'm hearing through the grapevine, some that I've not been affiliated with. Um, because, again, post-COVID, people want to get out and do stuff. And if you've got kids, you want to get out and do stuff with your families. Mm -hmm. So um, it's this is, for, for years, I had the, and I'm totally guilty of this, I had the bias of, oh, family-friendly Halloween. I'm not interested in doing that. I don't want to do that. I want to do, you know, I want to be, I want to be badass. I want to get out there and let's, let's brave, brave new territory that nobody's ever done and shock the heck out of them. And, um, but what's ended up happening it, yeah, that doesn't sound like me at all, but, <laughs> but it's true. I was, I was very much in that mindset, but what's happening now is the market for the, the family-friendly, um, introduction to Halloween, if nothing else yeah. 
Um, The way I look at it is it's starting to train the next generation. It's Mm -hmm. starting to train the generation of those diehard Halloween lovers who are going to then eventually, you know, move up our, our scale here um, from, you know, from the family friendly all the way up to the sophisticated. And it's going to also then give those people who do these seasonal events guaranteed return visitation in the future. You know, one mm-hmm. of the things, one of the things that Disney has done outside of their, their Halloween is they create a, they, they, they create a legacy. Um, and it is clearly working for them. Universal has done it too, but they haven't been around as long. You know, um, it's, it's now it's grandma went to Disneyland, then mom went to Disneyland, then daughter went to Disneyland, then grand granddaughter and great granddaughter. It's, it's a, it's, it's a legacy. And they've trained that from the, from the very earliest of ages. Um, and of course Disney does it with films, but I, I think that, I think that haunters um, and seasonal seasonal uh, event people need to take that same thought process into mind, and it makes it becomes the uh, the badge of honor. I'm now grown up because I went to X Y Z haunted attraction. But in order to do that, you have to have that family friendly base, and yes. uh, and I think that's so important. Yeah. So to to run through the category here, I feel like the, the ones we have earmarked for this are Zoo Tampa, Creatures of the Night there. The Ghoul School at Gaylord, Tampa, Legoland's Brick or Treat, and uh, Franklin Frights, which I just added because I remembered that's got worked on that show. So, uh, so uh, let's see. I we, we've kind of talked kind of a little bit ad nauseum, I think, already about Creatures of the Night at Zoo Tampa, but of course they have mazes there, which is pretty unique, I think, for a family friendly event is to have mazes where there's a little bit of a scare because they have a little pumpkin meter there and they go from really not intense and just atmospheric to like scary and they do have a maze that is rated like a three on the pumpkin scale which is like the highest that they have and that is this year that is the new maze which is graveyard of um broken Junk, dreams junkyard junkyard junk broken, broken dreams. dreams yes and it's where the the new character uh, comes in and brings nightmares to life and it's not a very long walk through. I think I timed it at about three minutes. <laughs> so it's not very long, but there are startles and there are, there, there are some, there's here actors, there's startles, there's some air cannons, there's, um, uh, there, there's some main character at the end. Uh, and then they have a lot of entertainment there as well. And, and, and that's really, I think the commonality for, um, for all of these, uh, cool school and haunted Ween and Legoland and the fright show is, is kind of the entertainment there needs to be some sort of entertainment package to create a family-friendly um, thing. And it's ideally a show that um, has a little bit for the adults to chew on or at least to stay awake. And then there's, the, it's but still engaging for the kids. And Zoo Tampa, again, they they kind of, the shows run the gambit. So there's like the pirate storytelling time. And he, he has a few, uh, the, the pirate like has a few jokes that are just completely aimed over the 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 kids heads so they like are just blinking like what did he just say and the um parents get it you know and uh but then they also have the doctor hoodoo which is a little little kind of small magician show and they have the smashing pumpkins which is scott's favorite <laughs> and, you know, i'm biased i wrote it i'm sorry <laughs> yeah so they, they and 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 the other thing too i really liked about the entertainment 
is it involves the kids in it. And that is another big thing with family friendly is you're, you're asking that, you know, um, the pumpkin show, she's asking for a helper from the audience, the pirate show, he's, he's taking suggestions from people, Dr. Hoodoo, the kids comes up and helps with the magic. So like it's, all those things. Uh, and that's very similar to ghoul school. So ghoul school at the Gaylord is a ghoul school. And so it's aimed at kids. It's at school. That's the whole thing. Um, but it's essentially, it's four, it's about a 20 minute show. And there are four different classrooms that you walk through with a different, like classic monster. There's a scarecrow, there's a mummy, there's a doctor scientist, there's, um, there's a monster kind of like Frankenstein's monster. And you go through the different, challenges and they're very interactive so like with the scarecrow she's teaching you like kind of like dance moves and how to pose so you're like posing like a scarecrow and the mummy is doing a mad lib song thing where they'll collect stuff put them on a chalkboard and then you do your song so they're uh they're, they're fun and um kind of rounding out for for haunta ween haunta ween was a daily show at the Westfield mall show kind of thing. It's more like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, it's like a, a series of different kind of like interactive sets with actors that you walk through. So it's a lot of photo ops, it's very photo op heavy, but there's also craft centers and kind of hangout stuff. They don't have a staged show, but they do have entertainers that tell jokes and interact with the kids and do kind of breakout improv. So that, that kind of was their, their way of handling that. Uh, but just a lot of photo ops and a lot of things that the kids can do, like climb on things and sit here and pose with this prop and do this thing. And that's pretty key. Uh, and then Legoland, uh, Legoland here in Florida, they all do different things for Halloween. They all do slightly different things because they don't have kind of a, a head creative team, which I found out last year. But Legoland, I think here in Florida, has a very robust offering because Jeremy and his team over there really work really hard to make sure. And they do have the full gambit as well. They have the stage show that they wrote in-house. There's a percussion show with characters. And then they have their outdoor stunt show and uh, other various activations outside. And then they have the rides and they have the trick-or-treating and like the Halloween activities. Um, so again, very uh, lots of very hands-on things that the kids can actually participate in and then a little bit of entertainment that people can sit down and enjoy and then some of the percussion stuff you know some of these things have just enough to keep the adults also interested so that seems to be the kind of the mix so i don't know scott if you want to summarize franklin frights well i think i think that uh, and i can talk a little bit about franklin fright as well um franklin fright is um in philadelphia it is again full disclosure a project that i worked on and um, it is at the Franklin Institute. It is a science museum that is doing a fall um, event that is is spooky. Um, it is multiple shows. Um, one of them is uh, Meet Doctor uh, Meet Doctor Frankenstein, which is um, Doctor Victoria Frankenstein has come from the future, and she brought her her twelve uh, foot tall uh, pumpkin robot pumpkin creation. Um, with her and through the course of the show, we discover that um, it, it's it's all based on programming for for AI. So there's a science side to it, but we discover that the 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 creation is significantly more sentient than we thought it was at the very beginning. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they also do a science show uh, that's called called That's Gross, which is, as the name suggests, anything you could possibly imagine that everything from from Ublek to to lighting various uh, flammable gases off in a in a jack o' lantern, 
And then, of course, they also have trick-or-treat doors located around, and each one is themed to a different uh, classic Halloween moment. Uh, some of them are characters. Some of them are... There's one that's uh, autumn leaves, um, and kids can go and trick-or-treat from door to door to door. So it is, um, it's an indoor trick-or-treat event, which in, of course, in Philly at this time of year, probably not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that, that I just came back from um, is, is Indie Zoo. Um, Indianapolis Zoo also does an event, which is called Zubu. And um, it's, it is based very much on walk through the zoo and see it's 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 an instagrammable show is what it really boils down to yeah, they yeah. do have trick-or-treating there as well but for the most part it is these big scenic displays that um have been set up throughout the zoo and um and and, and they create these i won't even call them vignettes because they're more like they're more like neighborhoods of of different themes um so it's not just Halloween threw up its uh, its specific moments, and what's really interesting there is in the Midwest. Of course, Halloween is is huge, and mm-hmm. um, when I was up there the other day, it was raining, and guests were still coming in in costume, and to watch a small child fight with an inflatable um, SpongeBob costume in the rain <laughs> is well, a kind of funny, but. B, uh, it shows that there is a, definitely a commitment to go out and experience the zoo at this time. So it becomes, again, that that legacy that um, this is what we do at Halloween. We go in and go yeah. trick-or-treating through the zoo. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a unique thing. But I think that's the key. I think for family-friendly, you have to find something that is unique. Zoo Tampa yeah. has done something that I'm not aware of any other zoo that has gone to quite this extent. Um, they have more of a theme park approach. Uh, yeah. Indie Zoo has more of a zoo approach, which is relying heavily on scenic, um, less on performers. Um, they do in, they do animal encounters, as does um, Zoo Tampa. But I think you have to find something that is unique and ties to your brand that will um, that will create a, a veneer or a varnish of Halloween for what you're already trying to engage these children with. That's yeah. that my that would be sort of my litmus test as to what makes it family friendly. Um, yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, the entertainment components and also, like you mentioned, Instagrammable pieces or um, TikTok app, app, because kids are, want that, but also like the families want that because they, they really want the, 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 the place to take the photo for right. like the memories. So like right. everybody wants that, like the kids want places where they can do TikToks and the parents want places where they can take family photos and you kind of need to have both. And I think the best experiences have actors that are also aware of this is a thing that people want. So when the actors like play into engaging the kids and posing for the photos with the kids and with the family, that is like gold star for them because they they understand. And speaking of of being um, social media friendly, now we kind of jump into the tween side. Yeah. Because because the tweens, if if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen on social media, it doesn't happen. Yes. So this is is, uh, the next level up and it's I find I actually find this level probably the most challenging if it is your target market. Yes. <clears throat> and I will explain just briefly why, um, because once you get Philip and I talking about Halloween, we just ramble. So I'm going to yeah, be just really ramble. succinct here. Um, what the challenge with tween is parents think tweens are family friendly. Tweens think they are teens and blood, guts and gore. So it is really hard to ride that line and make it so that you are appealing to both the 12 year old and the 12 year old's parents. Yeah. Um, that is the challenge with this particular age demo. Uh, 
And I, in this one bucket, I've kind of, I put Six Flags and Castle Park in Riverside and a uh, Bush Gardens question mark. And I guess it kind of gets blurry because I feel like there are elements of some of the other shows like SeaWorld and Knots. There are pieces that are tween, but there are pieces of not. And I guess ultimately what I decided is if there's more stuff on the like not the tween bucket, then I'm going to just put it in the next bucket. And I'm just like, well, they're, they're just, they just are keeping some entertainment at those places that, that is for tweens because the tweens are like going with their older brothers <laughs> and, and, and sisters and, and older friends. And like, so they, and I, I don't know, I, I guess what I liked about six flags is um, like Scott mentioned, there were, um, you know, they, they, at least at Magic Mountain, they have a lot of entertainment and they, it does kind of walk that line. So they have a magic show that is a little bit more sophisticated, but still, you know, has those like gotcha moments. And then they have a onstage, uh, you know, they have just a regular onstage cover band, but then they they do like contests, kind of like like the those old like Nick Slime contest things where there's like, they're just silly contests and they pick teams of people and they put them up there and everybody is streaming, streaming that live on their platforms and everything and everybody is making it into a thing and they have then they have a little the new scare zone is all about getting in coffins and doing coffin photos and stuff like that so so they've kind of dedicated a whole scare zone to this concept of um taking photos um and and then you know they have the scare zones and just the fun stuff and and uh, castle park you know they they have a new opening ceremony and and so everyone gets to gather and listen to the opening ceremony and kind of get scared and run around and um and they have their new phobias um, maze there at Castle Park, which is kind of a, a study in fear, and it has a lot of like black tunnels and, and a lot of a lot of places for the fear of the dark. Which um, again, like teens, like you know, just like to get like kind of scared at being in like a black tunnel and just like giggle over themselves. Um, and like you said, Scott, like like to feel like it, it's an older thing, but it's really mm -hmm. just a black tunnel. There's not like a black tunnel plus like monsters jumping out at you in like leather, which would be like a, a blood and guts thing. Well, um, and and what where really you know I, I think Philip alluded <laughs> to it earlier. Um, this tween into blood and guts is kind of a continuum, and it, there's it the the line is clearly not drawn in the in the yeah. sand. Um, yeah. Yeah. The way I, uh, what I've experienced is quite often the difference between tween and blood and guts is not even necessarily what the guests want. It's what the C-suite wants. It's what the, the upper executives or the board or whomever are comfortable with. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that Knott's has done for years is they're clearly family friendly during the day and they even offer a family friendly Halloween event. This is true in, mm -hmm. in, I think almost all of the, the Cedar parks, um, <coughs> Excuse me, um, but uh, but at night they've created a separate brand which is darker and more sinister. Um, there are advantages and disadvantages to this. Uh, I think the greatest advantage is it opens up your park to a whole new demographic. Um, I remember back when I was with Bush Gardens Tampa and the decision was made to do a Halloween event in competition with Universal uh, Orlando, which you know was the bad boy of they're the bad boy of theme park day and night, so they're always going to go there. Um, or at least that was the way it was, and we didn't know how to compete with that. But what we learned by listening to our guests is they would totally embrace a completely uh, darker, more adult, more grown-up, um, more blood, guts, and gore at night um, because it was a separate ticket, number one. That's another 
big factor. Um, yeah. You know, the difference between blood, guts, and gore and tween is, is it a separate ticket? Because yeah. you don't want somebody wandering aimlessly who knows your park yeah. as that family-friendly, ooh, this is a fun place to go with kids, and then all of a sudden stumbling into something either overtly sexual or um, you know, dismemberment. And um, so, but but I will say that it, it, for us at least, it was more of an internal battle trying to convince um, people who understood our day brand that it's okay to expand that brand into the night. Um, it is a marketing challenge to be able to to market. You know, here's here's our our fluffy family friendly, and then at night it becomes something completely different. It, yes, there are marketing challenges to that. There are um, some operational challenges. You know, clearing the day guests and and bringing in the the night guests. That's something to definitely consider. But I will say that you generally speaking. Um, Back in the day, there was significantly more money to be made in the blood, guts, and gore. I don't know whether that's true anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that's true, anymore, but it's, I, I think there's a place now for all demographics. And so, you know, don't, don't write off that tween market, but, you know, that's the one, that's the one that, it's the one that all the, the CEOs say, this is what we want. This is our sweet spot. And then realize it is almost impossible to hit it squarely on the head because uh, even as Philip yeah. mentioned, you have to have elements from the demographic below and the demographic above in order to keep both sides happy. Yeah, and, and that is a good point I wanted to highlight, Scott, about the uh, extra ticket. The the Six Flags in Magic Mountain, at least, all their entertainment is included with just regular season pass holders. So you can just show up and partake. It's only the like the mazes that are separate. Um, but that then again, like you said, that leads to a lot more like tweens showing up because the parents just drop them off or somehow they just get to the park and they have their annual pass and then they just hang out through the evening stuff. Um, October nighttime babysitting. Yeah. The other thing yeah. you have to take into consideration if you're targeting a tween audience, don't think that if you target a tween audience, you don't have to have security. Yes. Because, oh, that, uh, yes. <laughs> well, clearly, as we've reported on. Yeah, because because tweens, tweens get into a great deal of mischief. And I think it's That's mainly because uh, they think they're older than they are. And um, they don't always make the best choices. Yes, Not to say well, that grownups always make the best choices either. I've had more than my share of, of challenges there. But just just don't think that we're going to go tween so it'll be safer. That's not necessarily true. That's the it's, opposite. <laughs> it's actually the well, and you have to create you have to create the environment where they recognize you know this is not a place to to get into fights and, and fool around. But moving on to the blood guts and gore, um, this is a place where you can actually sell more alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, which, of course, is very appealing from a, a, a revenue standpoint, and if you do it intelligently, um, can still be incredibly safe as well. Yeah. So, Philip, what are the blood, guts, and gore that you've been to this season? So, I have a Luna Park in Sydney, which I've not been to, but I interviewed the team. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, we have, of course, Universal, we have Knots, we have uh, SeaWorld in Orlando and San Diego, and I'm also putting the, more the independent on the park, so like Eliana Hayride and Sir Henry Town Trail and Dark Harvest and Canyonland Fried and and it's, it's quite a long list. I, I, I definitely think this is the biggest, the largest category, most robust. And um, like you said, it kind of involved the alcohol component and whatnot. Um, some of these are just straight up uh, maze only, and some of them are uh, classic multi-attraction 
experiences. And some are the classic, um, like Sir, Sir Henry's, they have three haunted houses, but they also have the laser tag and they have uh, like a midway and whatnot. So it's not a theme park, but it, it is uh, kind of that, that model of the screen park. Um, well, and Screamageddon is another perfect example of the of yep. the screen park model um, that yeah. kind of comes and goes. And, and they have multiple, I think they still have multiple locations, don't they? Because yeah. um, I, I know there's one, there's one here in Florida. There was one in Canada for a while. There was actually one in somewhere on the on the west coast, but I don't remember exactly where. But anyway, um, Screamageddon is a, is a great opportunity for you know that blood guts and gore. Um, yeah. I did one blood guts and gore house, uh, which was um, uh, Undead in the Water, yeah, uh, at at uh, American Victory Ship. And I will tell you, the American Victory Ship, because it is a floating ship, moved this year to um, Sparkman Wharf yep. for the Halloween season, which is uh, sort of the channel side district of uh, of Tampa. So it's bars and restaurants, and it's it's where a lot of a lot of the the cool grownups in downtown Tampa hang out. Yep. And because it wasn't uh, tween, because it we because they went in full, you know, we are scary. This is all about. Um, demonic possession and and wanting to get back to the wanting to get back to the Bermuda Triangle plus it's on a gigantic real ship um their visibility in this market uh helped their ticket sales significantly this year yeah. so um there is there's definitely something to be said for if you if you target your market correctly blood guts and gore can sell and make you a ton of money the reason it's it's still the largest uh, majority of the events is because like i said this is what people thought halloween events were yes, um, yes. this is this that, is yeah. This is what, you know, when you when you do either, whether it's an independent haunted house or whether it's a, a theme park haunt or whatever, this is what the, the almost the entire industry was for the longest time. Um, this is that whole, I want to be badass. I want to carry a chainsaw. I want to, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I want to put on a leather mask, take my shirt off and cover myself in blood. That's what, that's, we all know those people. Um, and it is the, still the core of the industry. So um, I think that's, I think that's something that we all know and and can embrace pretty clearly an emerging segment now is what do these people do if they want to continue to celebrate halloween but they don't necessarily want to get spl splattered in blood they have a yeah. little bit more expendable income and they want something that's a bit more um a bit more posh a bit more sophisticated um perhaps feel they can feel safer to uh have a bit more alcohol if they want to um they may want to eat something that's not grab and go um, mm -hmm. so there's, there's a whole new expanding, um, area of the haunt that is significantly more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And Philip, you've done a couple of them this year. Yeah. So under sophisticated, I'm sticking the vault to souls, which of course Scott worked on, but I also attended and I'm also, there's a new show in Orlando called Nosferatu and it is kind of like a, a sleep no more esque type of experience there are scenes where you all do shows together but then you break up and you can choose your own adventure uh, but it's all themed around vampires uh, like kind of like vampire vignettes all the way from nosferatu which is very classic up to uh, there's like a twilight scene in there which <laughs> I was like that's definitely twilight um, oh they sparkled yes uh and then the, i'm putting clown academy on there which we talked about previously that's the the hybrid uh, escape room and uh, maze, but it's much more sophisticated because of the uh, like puzzles and and that kind of uh, low throughput. I'm also putting the Winchester Mystery House on this one, uh, and I think that's almost all the the needle all the way there because there's there's not very many scary elements at all. It's really like just a a nighttime version of like the daytime tour, so it's a much 
older, um, you need a longer attention span for it. It's a 45 minute walkthrough. So, you know, and then uh, also this year, the House of Spirits, which is, I feel like it's it's uh, just the arrival section of Scott's Vault in the Soul Vault of Souls, where it's you, it's 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 like cocktails and hanging out with cool characters and having some story and improv. But this year they took it on the road, so they actually mounted the show in three different cities. So they kind of expanded it across the country, which just proves to Scott's point about how this is a, a huge booming market, and not just in the the areas you'd think, because they're taking it to Austin at, or in Texas as well, I think it's awesome. So it's not just like the um, California and like New York high theater places. Yeah, stay weird, Austin. That's that's my, <laughs> I love Austin. I think it's a great city. Anyway, um, yeah, and and I think there is the most room for growth. I think this is where a lot of, of, of growth is going to happen. And I know that people, the, the reason that this um, particular niche has been so slow to get started is because it has a couple things that are terrifying to business owners. Number one, it is low capacity. It's low mm -hmm. throughput. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it has to be a higher ticket price. Mm -hmm. um, it has to, you have to elevate the, the, the price of the experience in order to make it, in order to control guest flow, quite honestly, um, so that it can, it can be a good experience. It can be a one-on-one. -on -one, it can be an intimate experience. Um, there's also the thought of, well, gosh, if we are in that, if we are in that family-friendly market during the day and we completely do a 180 to do uh, a sophisticated, let's say 21 and up for lack of a better description uh, in some cases, then you know we're completely going 180 from our, our key market and how do, we, how do we encourage people to do that? But let me give you an example. And there have been others throughout the year, but this is the most recent one. Um, with Franklin Fright, like, we talk, like I talked about, um, I was involved with a day product, but I was not involved. They do a 21 and up night. Mm -hmm. um, where they change the content of their science shows. Um, you know, they've done everything from the, the science of sex to uh, the, the, the truly, when, it, when you get into that's gross, it gets truly gross. Um, and they did their Frankenstein, but they do the, uh, one night that is uh, sort of a, a high-end fundraiser for grown-ups, and they take their, their family-friendly day content and put a 21 and up spin on it. Um, and they had, they had everything from... Uh, you know, drag performers in there to, mm -hmm. uh, to cocktail, you know, hand-pass cocktail service. It was sold out. It was gigantic. So um, if you are, if you have a concern, you know, say for example, you're used to doing a family-friendly event or even a teen tween event, um, and you want to dip your toe into that more sophisticated thing, you know, I know Eastern State used to do the same thing with their masquerade. Yeah. Um, they would, they would do a, an upcharge, uh, low throughput, um, high uh, inter interaction experience, um, test it. Test it in your, in your market. See if it would work for you. Um, and maybe only one or two nights, and then you can keep your bread and butter in, the, in one, of the other, one of the other piles. But yeah. um, there, there is the most room for expansion, and this is where, in my opinion, Halloween becomes even more theatrical than it's ever been before. Yeah. I, I think that there's the most room for expansion in this section and in Family Friendly, as we talked about. And, yep. and then... I think either way, because they have a lot of room to grow in either pile. You have a lot of a lot of stuff you can do thematically and theatrically wise, and you can bring in people from other 
audience interests that kind of maybe didn't like the blood and gore. That's why it got out of that, that mid segment. And then on the family friendly side, it's the same thing too. You can bring in adults even that are not Halloween fans, but they're kids. They want to do something for their kids. Cause I've seen a lot of that at these, I've seen a lot of like adults that don't like Halloween at all, but their kids want to do something and Halloweeny. And so they're, they're kind of like bringing the parents into it to do some of this fun stuff. So I think yep. room in both markets. Yeah, I, I think that the easiest way to sum it up is when you're going into a sophisticated Halloween event, this is where um, I, I have told people many times, this is where people who are huge fans of, of Hello Scream or Halloween Horror Nights, this is where they go when they grow up. This is where they go when they when they don't want to have to fight the the crowds, when they want an evening where they can hang out with a smaller group of friends, um, drink cocktails, eat food, see top quality entertainment and still celebrate Halloween. Yeah. So that is our Halloween uh, sort of overview and how we've broken everything down into various buckets. Hopefully it was helpful for you. Um, I know that Philip and I are both not only really excited about the Halloween season, but also exhausted because between yes. his travels and, and my installations, it has been one heck of a season. Um, I did seven this year. I did seven different haunts this year, so it was, it was pretty exciting. Um, but anyway, I hope you've I hope you've gotten something out of this. I hope you've uh, you know at least opened we've at least opened your minds to a couple of other options and opportunities when it comes to fall seasonal events. Um, from on behalf of Philip Hernandez from Gantam Lighting and the Haunted Attraction Network, and myself Scott Swenson from Scott Swenson Creative Development, Happy Halloween, and we'll see you next week. This is a Haunted Attraction Network.